NFL Network analyst. Charles Davis, the NFL Network, provides live coverage of the 2023 NFL Scouting Combine, March 2nd through the 5th. Charles, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. How are you guys been? How's everything? We're doing really well. We are a little jealous that you're in Indianapolis. We're missing the Harry and Izzy's. We're missing the nightlife out in Indianapolis. But other than that, we're good. Interesting that you said Harry and Izzy. I didn't say San Elmo's. I, listen, I'm, I'm a, well, I'm they, a, I'm they a are cheaper the same day. family. San they Elmo's are the same a little family. overrated. Got to be honest with you. You Ooh. know, they are the same family. Either that or, you know, obviously you just don't want to put out big for a first date. I get it. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, I am cheap. That is, never underestimate how cheap uh, Nick Wilson is. So. I get it. I got to earn it. I get it. it listen, uh, if I didn't make you earn it, you wouldn't respect me. I think we all agree on that. <laughs> you know. This is, these are such a things our parents said to us when we were kids, <laughs> and we nodded, and we nodded, and then we tried to break that rule every time, didn't we? Okay, anyway, moving <laughs> right along. Charles, uh, obviously we've been talking about the Browns offseason for, for going on two full months now, as they didn't make the playoffs, and uh, we've questioned literally everything of the entire organization down to the studs of the building that they are built on. So... Because yep. you haven't, uh, the, where I want to start with you is, as we are uh, knee-deep in the offseason, yeah. what's your biggest question about the Browns going forward? Whether or not they can take the cloud of last year and have it go away enough that they can just go about their business. And what I mean by the cloud of last year is, as soon as Deshaun Watson was signed, you know, and the debate had started before he signed, but we all knew whoever landed Deshaun Watson, that debate was going to go and go and go and go and go. And then the 11-game penalty was handed down. So immediately you thought, well, this season's pretty well shot, okay, because, <laughs> you know, are we really going to hold the fort? And no offense to Jacoby Brissett, but the idea of going to the playoffs, doing things, probably wasn't in the cards at that point. Then he comes back at the end of the year, and of course the circus is playing Houston. Here we go, and then they finish the year. Blah 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 blah. Now all that changes this year, I think, because what's left to talk about? Punishment has been handed out. Whether you agree or disagree with it, he's playing. Can the Browns now kind of get ready for a season somewhat in peace, and then let their play just kind of take over and go from there? That's how I see it from the outside, guys. I don't know if I'm right or wrong. But I will tell you, as soon as, as soon as you know the, the sweepstakes was there, hey, congratulations, you got it. I was like, God, they're in for a rough year. <laughs> I mean, they just are. And, and, and especially since we didn't even know how many games at that point. And then once that was handed down, I was like, all right, let's talk about 2023 and let's get there. Charles, when you look at what Deshaun Watson did last year for, for just six games, is it fair to, to judge him on that and, and to feel like, uh, you know, that – because to me, I, I think it wasn't good enough, obviously. And, yeah. And I, I don't know. I mean, I I look back to 2020 when he was fantastic, led the league in passing. All those yeah. numbers were great, right? But now we've got this six-game sample size. Is that a big enough sample size yeah. to kind of warrant our expectations going forward? I don't think it's a big enough sample size, but guess what? That's all, all we're getting. Yep. And I don't think that – listen – I've known you guys for a long time, right? You know me. I do believe that we have a, a pretty decent idea that we have a, a a decent grasp on this game of football, right? He's been out how long? <laughs> and, and the idea that he was going to come back and light it up, I think we all kind of felt, you know, this might not go great. 
he hasn't played in forever. He's in a new city and a new system, and he gets to play in cold weather now, which has not been his forte because he never really played in it at Clemson. Houston, he had a dome. You get the whole idea. And we're going to expect him to come back and be the Deshaun Watson that, that made him the coveted free agent. I, I think we all knew that was somewhat folly, but we all hope for a Disney ending, right? We all hope for, for that type of, oh, my God, he's unbelievable. Now he gets an entire off season. He gets an OTAs, a mini camp. He gets a chance to, to to bond and form time with that team and not be there. And then, oh, hey, you can't come in the building for the next X number of weeks. That's all out the window now. He gets to go into a normal deal. He's already played some ball last year. I think really for judging, the clock starts now, and, and it starts with next season. And frankly, I expect him to be much closer to the Deshaun Watson that everybody coveted than the Deshaun Watson that we saw last year. I think we were asking too much if we thought he's going to be outstanding right from the word go. He's been out too long. Charles Davis, NFL Network analyst on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Charles, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about, oh, the the Browns need new receivers around Deshaun, and they need this, and they need that, and maybe a new play caller, and a system change. I, I, I just, it seems as if maybe the Browns themselves seem to be overreacting to that six-game sample size. In terms of building around Deshaun from here, what do the Browns really need to have around Deshaun for him to be able to get back to being the best iteration of himself? Well, look, you know, the offensive line is always a starting point, but you've got two big-time guards, right? You've got a tackle that when he's healthy, he's a heck of a player. I don't think that's the major concern. More receivers never hurts, okay? <laughs> never hurts, but you might get some growth from some of the guys you have already. Okay, I still have, ho- I still have hopes for the young man out of Purdue that he can be a little bit more than what we've seen so far. But anytime you get a chance to get more people to add to those guys who could make those extra plays, and remember, you need receivers who are going to stay in sync with him because it's not the first reaction with him that probably is going to kill defenses. It's his second reaction, third reaction, movements and plays that shred people and find people open. So when you can find receivers who can get on the move, get in sync with him, that's terrific. And we all know Kevin Stefanski loves those tight ends. If he can get back and get that full tight end system instituted again, I think that'll be a big help because, oh, yeah, you got some people can run the football. Charles, when you look at the uh, the Browns' defense, they bring in Jim Schwartz as new defensive coordinator, replace yeah. Joe Woods, and, and obviously Jim Schwartz has a great pedigree and has been around the league for a long time. Is this an upgrade, you think, at uh, defensive coordinator? You know, I, I hate to do, I hate to get into all that upgrade, downgrade, that thing because I I don't like to mess with people's careers. But let's just keep the focus on Jim Schwartz. Everywhere he's been, the defenses have been outstanding. Right? They have been excellent. They played to a system and a style with him. That hey, if you are a defensive end or a defensive front guy, you're the motor that makes everything run because he wants to keep his back seven really clean. Right, He wants them to be able to cover, go to the football, make plays, and not have to be the extra man in to go create pressure. If you're a front four guy, <laughs> he's looking at Miles He's looking at Miles Garrett, obviously going to lead the charge. Who's going to come along with him and create that front four pressure so he doesn't have to do anything extra? Look at all the defenses he's had, and when they've been at the top of their game, they've had all of that, and the back seven have been, been the guys who have resulted, who have, who have been the beneficiaries of what that front group has done, right? Javon Kurse when he was the freak in Tennessee. Okay, think about Philadelphia when he was there and with the pressure he put on people. 
when he went to the playoffs in Detroit with Indomitian Sue and those guys dominating up front when the back end go and play. That's what I think he's going to want to build and, and work with. And by the way, anyone who can start with Miles Garrett probably feels pretty good about having a chance to be really good on defense. Charles Davis, NFL Network analyst on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. He's in the, uh, he's in Indianapolis for the combine. Charles, uh, what are the most intriguing storylines to you heading into Combine Week? Well, normally we want we start with quarterbacks and end with quarterbacks, right? And they are still a big feature on this about who's quarterback friendly, a bit needy, who's going to move up and try and get some of these guys. Just how high do you go to get some of them? Because there's a you know, it, it, Daniel Jeremiah, my colleague in the NFL Network, says there's holes in all of them, right? But which ones do you value more than others? Um, but today, with the news with Jalen Carter breaking, you know, who possibly could have been the number one draft pick in the entire thing out of Georgia, that may change things a little bit at the top because Chicago could easily dangle, hey, we can just take Jalen Carter. We have a quarterback. How important is it for you guys to come get someone? Does that change things for them? Does it change things for the rest of the league? You know, do they say, hey, you know something? Maybe there's another quarterback we want, and they make a move. Do they trade, you know, do they trade Justin Fields to get more players? They have a lot of different ways they can go, and I'm fascinated by which option they're going to take. It's almost like watching a game show, curtain A, curtain B, curtain C. Where will Ryan Poles, the GM, go with all of this? And to me, I find that fascinating. But receivers, normally a huge topic of conversation. I think there's depth. But I don't think there's superstar power at the top, right? How many, how many years did we go with six, seven receivers getting picked? This year, we're not getting anywhere near that number, I don't believe, in the first round. Who, who do you think is uh, the best receiver in this draft? Best receiver in this draft? If you, had, if you had to pick one. If I had to pick one, I mean, Jackson Smith and Jigba is a phenomenal route runner, but he's not a super dart and sometimes that scares people off a little bit. I do think that Quentin Johnson from TCU is a big horse. Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee is a big, big play guy, but people want to see him operate in tighter confines because my balls did a great job of scheming and, and creating a lot of open space. I think that healthy Smith and Jigba might be at the top of my board. I, I really think he's, he's, he, he can be a special guy but he probably just won't blow the doors off of you in terms of the testing and, and, and running the 40s. And that, that might be the thing that might keep people away from saying, well, he's, he's that guy. I know a lot of people like Zay Flowers from BC. I really feel like he might be more of an inside guy than an outside guy, and I'm not sure that puts him at the top of my board. So I'm working through a lot of this stuff, as you guys know, and I may have different answers down the, down the road. But as we sit here right now, if Smith and Jigba is, is healthy, it's hard for me to get off of him right now at this point in time in Ohio State. Charles, maybe the most important question we could possibly ask you, uh, what combine test could you still ace? Ooh. Well, let's see. The Wonder Lick put a hammer lock on me, and thank God it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> the 40, it, just me getting into a stance, I'd either cramp up or pull something. Um, three cone, yeah, that wouldn't go so well. Bench press, ah, the bar might crush my chest. Um, I will tell you what, what I could most ace is saying goodnight and going to sleep. <laughs> that, 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 that would be it. When I, when I say goodbye in my interview process, 
and go to my room, I could ace that. But not that curfew. I mean, it is, it is unbelievable. It is unbelievable what I'm seeing now and thinking back to when I played and went through all this. And, you know, by no means did I ace the combine then. But, my goodness, the athletes that are running around now, yeah, evolution's real, folks. If only I could have evolved. If only I could have evolved. Charles, uh, enjoy Indianapolis. We expect food pictures on Instagram. That's what you're supposed to do these days. And uh, <laughs> thanks again for your time, buddy. We always appreciate it. Hey, thanks a lot. Do me a favor. If you see any any Instagram that you think is mine, please let me know. I haven't been on social media since 2020, so that means someone has got to, got to me. All uh, right? Oh, You got it. We will alert you, buddy. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. Be good.